Blog Talk Radio. Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Winchester Radio. Uh, tonight we're going to be talking about the episode called About a Boy. Uh, it was written by Adam Glass. It's the 11th episode, and it was directed by Serge Leducer. Did I pronounce that even vaguely right? Serge Leducier? Serge Leducier. No, it's Leducier. Leducier. Unfair advantage, I took French. And even then, my pronunciation is such an American French pronunciation, but whatever. Well, apologies to Serge. We'll call him Serge. I took French from a Korean person, uh, and so my French is not so good. You did not. <laughs> my, my she French did. She told me Korean. this before. It's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> my French teacher was Korean, so. Okay. <laughs> She'd have been a wonderful Korean teacher. <laughs> Her French, not so much. Okay. So you think. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Um. Oh, well, if she'd been Vietnamese, I would have understood. <laughs> Korean? Yeah, no. that would have made sense, actually. Mm-hmm, a lot, yes, perfect sense, but no, not Korean. And not to say anyway. that people, uh, that, that you can't teach languages that you aren't native to, but I've Becky has told me this before, and yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, and wow, uh, 10 seconds, and we were already off on a tangent. Okay. Anyway, um, Serge, director this time, isn't usually, um, he was just spectacular. You know, he's just great a director. He was just did a wonderful job. And I also um, really, really liked the writing in this episode. Adam, good job. I mean, it was not 100% perfect for me, but um, the vast majority of it was very enjoyable and well done, and I was watching it, and I was interested and engaged in all of those things uh, right on through, even when Jensen was not Dean, when Dean was being played by uh, Dylan Everett. I didn't matter. My attention was was right there, so I, I really, really liked this episode a lot. Um, one of the things I liked about it, it's not just a monster of the week with Hansel and Gretel and that whole thing, but they managed to also, Adam managed, also managed to bring in the Mark of Cain, which is a, you know, a, a huge thing hanging over last season and this season. And it's something that they've been trying to deal with. And he, he also brought it in and made it interesting and heartbreaking. And I thought that was a great tie-in, not only with the Monster of the Week, but with the with part of the season's myth arc going on. So I really liked that. Um, I thought the acting in this was terrific. Jared, Jensen, uh, Dylan, um, Madeline, Arthur, who played young Tina, um, was great as as her older version. Um, and I have to get her name right because I don't watch Downton Abbey. <laughs> I am familiar with it, but um, it's just Gretel, Leslie Nichols. And I want to say she plays, is it Mrs. 
Patmore. Do you guys watch Downton Abbey? Yeah, she's Mrs. I watched the first two seasons, and yeah, she was Mrs. Patmore. And I never, I never okay. watched it, so I defer. Yeah, yeah, I've seen like a couple episodes here and there, and um, and she played Gretel, which isn't she the witch and not Gretel? Gretel was not she was the, the witch. witch. That was yeah. She was not Gretel. She was the witch. Okay. Okay, because then IMDb is wrong in their credits yeah. because Gretel was gone. I know. Yeah, I'm surprised. Yeah, IMDb yeah, is were... frequently wrong. Indeed. Yeah, I mean, but, I yeah, so it... all you need is all you need is, an, is a pro account which you can do two weeks for free, and you get to edit IMDb. Eventually, someone will come in and fix it if you're completely inaccurate. But mm-hmm. it's not thing in the world to get something fixed and redacted. And it's a pain. Mm. I, apparently, apparently, someone had put on IMDb that super, there was going to be a supernatural episode on February 24th, and I forget the title that they posted on it. So when we posted yesterday, you know, when CW released their schedule for that week, and supernatural, there's no supernatural on that week, new or reruns, and people were like, "But look, it says you're on IMDb," and it's like, <laughs> "Does it matter? <laughs> that's not no. CW, so that does not matter." <laughs> Actually, you know, piggybacking on that, um, if anybody has questions as to why, Supernatural almost always goes on hiatus this time of year, approximately. We take a three- to five-week break, depending on what's going on. And most shows who are on the standard airing schedule of fall to spring do it. And then you have shows like you know, Walking Dead, which is a cable, non-traditional airing show, or you have the other shows that CW has on a different schedule that will premiere in that time frame or premiere just after that time frame. But it's pretty standard. Um, don't get worried. It doesn't mean anything. It's nothing bad. It's not a it's not a punishment for us or for the show. It's just it happens. Mm-hmm. It's a way to, if you air back-to-back all the 24, the 23 episodes, we'd be done in, I don't know, mass amount of months versus mm-hmm. versus mass amount of months. You know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a traditional like break. Versus nine months. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah they spread it out. So we, yeah, it's just so we don't get everything clumped over, over, you know, four to six months and then we're done going, okay, well, that was fun. Now what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we yeah, CW follows the traditional network schedule. Um unlike something like The Walking Dead or I don't know, Rizzoli and Isles or um mm-hmm. uh any of those Mad Men. Yeah, Mad Men, they all like kind of do their own thing, you know, and and they're on and they take a really long break in between. So actually mm-hmm. except for summer the of the the hiatus during during like Christmas and this one for spring a little bit is actually not that bad compared to like what you Walking know, Dead walking fans dead, have we, to wait. Yeah, Walking Dead we've been on hiatus for two and a half three months. Yeah, a long time. Long yeah, time. So, you know, as someone who watches The Walking Dead, that hiatus drives me nuts. But yes. you know, having a month without Sunday. supernatural, yeah, you know, oh, that's right. You know, having a month without mm-hmm. supernatural during the holidays, it flies by because everyone's so busy during the holidays. And then you know, you get a little bit back, get back in the groove, and then you know, we tend to get busy February to early spring. Got to file your taxes, spring cleaning, get into another. I've show. been, 
You're back. I've been really happy with how many episodes we've gotten since we came back from Christmas break. You know, cause, and yeah, because we still... usually come back later and get and leave about the same time, if not earlier. Mm-hmm. And and there's still what two, uh, one, two episodes left to go before we go on mm-hmm. that break. So um, yeah, and it's not that long a break. No, not that long. So so yeah. <laughs> even though we are, we did kind of say, "Ugh, IMDb right now." Um, if you go and look, because that is pretty accurate. If you go and look on IMDb and look at previous seasons, you'll know right around episode 14 or so, we almost always take, like I said, a three- to five-week break and then come back. Pretty standard. So I know a lot of people had a lot of questions as to why, and I know you know the show is constantly gaining new viewers, so not everybody has gone through the, this particular hiatus with Supernatural before. Um, and you may not have noticed any other shows because, let's be honest, we all love Supernatural the most, so we care the most, right? But um, it is, you know, it's it's pretty standard. Mhm. Yeah, and it's about three weeks. And of course, uh, again, in case somebody didn't hear, when we do come back, uh, it will be back to Winchester Wednesdays. Supernatural will be back on Wednesday night, right after Arrow at eight. It starts which, on March eighteenth. And it starts on March eighteenth. Yeah, that's about about three weeks after the last episode airs in February. And also. As I recall, there's a tra- unfortunate tradition of actually every show's rating dipping a little bit in the spring as well. It's kind of odd, but also correct. In, in, yeah, a little bit. So don't 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 worry. Don't freak out if that happens. That happens quite a it bit. It tends to correlate well. with the weather getting warmer and people and the mm-hmm. days getting longer and people are out mm-hmm. more out for longer and mm-hmm. are hold up in our house, avoiding the cold, watching TV. So yes, again, and there's also a spring of, break. Right. Spring spring break is happening in there. So, yeah, it all has an effect. Um, that said, we did, we, did go up, we did go up um, a point in the, the main demographic for this episode. So we had gone down um, last week for the point seven. But we adjusted to a point eight this week, so a bit of an upswing um, and an increase in overall viewers. So, but again, especially for the CW network, point seven, point eight is still above average. The point nine, point, uh, 1.0 and 1.1s that we sometimes get in the fall, those are, as far as the network is concerned, stellar ratings. So don't yeah. compare Supernatural or CW ratings to, especially don't compare and to CBS, because you're in for a world of hurt no. if you try to compare it to CBS. <laughs> Our yeah. ratings um, for this week the night for 9 o'clock to 9.30 were comparable to NBC's, actually, at that time. They had a, they had a sitcom on Marry Me that was on from 9 to 9.30, who um, had a 0.8 with 2.14 million viewers. We had a 0.8 with 2.21 million viewers. So, mm-hmm. you know, we were comparable with NBC, so that's really good. We tend to stay on par or slightly above par to NBC and Fox. Like I said, don't look at CBS because it's just heartbreaking every time. CBS is a monolith. Or a juggernaut. Which awesome. Yes. Yeah. Which is <laughs> hilarious given that the CW is a merging between Warner Brothers and CBS. (laughs) But um, it's kind of hilarious in that weird way. Um, It's also hilarious in that 
on average, the shows produced by CBS are the ones that do worse in ratings on the CW versus the shows produced by Warner Brothers, which Supernatural is a Warner Brothers production. Um, so also some weird, uh, ironic trivia there. But um, yeah. so, yes, um, this is all pretty standard in terms of, of ratings and in terms of hiatus. So yes. a little bit of house cleaning to start off with before yeah. we talk about yeah. this episode. Yes, um, and if, uh, hopefully everyone's oh. still awake. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> and just a few, uh, a few, a few points of reference for the episode. I loved this episode, and for Surge, I mean, I I knew it was going to be a, a a pretty episode, but it was beautiful. The first scene in mm. the room is just gorgeous. The the lighting, the framing with Sam standing and Dean sitting and the pan around the room and it's it's gorgeous. Mm. It's absolutely beautiful. Uh the scene Did you just say you loved this episode? Because that's a that's a okay. moment and I want to mark. So you are not you are not on the podcast for our fir- for the first Adam Glass episode of this season. It was just me and Becky and I loved that episode too. And Paper Moon is one of those controversial episode where some people mm-hmm. really liked it and some people really did like really did like it. And mm-hmm. Becky and I often tend to be on opposite sides of the chasm staring at each other going, But I love you. Why don't you love me back? Uh and we both love Paper Moon. Mm. And we you know, we got some feedback from listeners and and, and friends that were like, You loved Paper Moon, really? And we're like, Yes, why? And so for me, so far this season, Adam's two of two for me. Um, mm-hmm. I love this episode. This is one of three episodes that I have genuinely loved this season. Mm-hmm. And two of them were Definitely. Adam. So for me, yeah. it's been uh, Paper Moon, Ask Jeeves, and this episode. Hitting 911 as well. I really liked that too. But in terms of like absolutely mm-hmm. loving, must rewatch now, now, now. It's been those three episodes, and two-thirds of those were Adam. So, mm-hmm. I mean, considering I'm probably the harshest critic on the podcast, if Adam cared, <laughs> he does. Um, that would be, like, some kind of award. Uh, but, you know, the reality is, as a writer, I'm sure he's used to people loving and hating, and you can't be a writer without critique. So, again... He doesn't care if I love the episode, but I really, really, really love this episode. And I mentioned last week that I was actually looking forward to it, even though some people were kind of iffy on the premise. And I was like, no, I really liked Dylan in um, last season. And I just based on the episode, Bad Boys, Bad Boys, yes, which I was not the biggest fan of last year. I had a lot of canonical issues with that episode. Um but I really enjoyed Dylan in it. And this, not only did it bring back Dylan being, like we said, what we consider uh, the best Dean aside from Jensen, um, he wasn't even, he was, he wasn't even playing teenage Dean, which he was able to take a few liberties with last year. He was still playing our current Dean just in a younger body. And he did it so well. And, the funny thing is, my mother said, <laughs> she said, 
why didn't they get this kid to play Dean last last year? <laughs> it's the same kid, Mom. <laughs> so then why does he look why does he look younger in this episode? I said, I don't know what they did, but he actually does look younger in this episode than he did. They then. cut his hair really short. And he made him look younger. Lost, yeah, either he's lost some of his like, you know, natural baby fat in his face. Which could actually mm. technically make him look older, but it didn't. It made him look a little more like just sunk it in, or or it was the hoodie. I don't know what it was, but he did. Although I would have believed him last year at fourteen, which is the age Adam wrote him at, and I still think that they should have left that alone. They should have let Adam. They should have let Adam's script maintain the fourteen. I because mm-hmm. that was part of my issues last year. Was it was. It, it just didn't jive with a 16-year-old Dean and the, the little ticks he was giving him as a character, but it would have worked for 14. That's not mm-hmm. Adam's fault. Um, and I really think they should have left him at 14. This year they did, and it worked out really, really well. And I loved the, both both uh, actresses that played Tina. Both of them were fantastic. Mm-hmm. I really yeah. liked both of them. I really liked the character overall. Um and anytime Sam slams somebody up against a wall, a bar, a table, anything like that, I'm going to be happy because I just am. I'm easy like that. Uh, I have very little to complain about with this episode. What I do have are very subjective, what I, I consider them to be nitpicks, is that mm-hmm. I, full disclosure, because my issue with it is not going to be what I'm going to say, but I'm going to get it out of the way. I can't stand Taylor Swift. Not her music, not as a a public figure, none of it. Can't stand her, whatever. That's actually not my issue with them using Taylor Swift in this episode. Um, it's something that I, and the Obama line, and the reason I have issues with them, and again, it's subjective, it's the same issue I have, and there's an episode of Buffy where she makes a, a reference to Pink Song, and in Sin City, which is one of my favorite episodes of Supernatural of all time, um, that is the Dick Cheney reference, is I find when you have a really timely reference like that, it can date an episode in retrospect and in rewatches. So mm-hmm. for me personally, I would have preferred Dean to say, I blame the government, I blame Republicans, I blame Democrats, I blame the independent party, whatever, rather than some a specific president. Um, well, the what, um, what's the I blame, it's, that's a thing, isn't it? Right, but I'm saying it's a thing now. It's not going to be something that carries into, like, the next generation discovering supernatural I think years. more people. I think more people will remember the I blame Obama thing then they'll remember Dick Cheney being evil. That's so what I'm saying. I didn't like yeah. I didn't, yeah. That's what I'm saying. They're subjective. It's a subjective opinion on my part. I think in 10, 15 years, the blame Obama thing, it, people are going to remember that there was a pre- President Obama, but they may not remember that exact reference, and they'll just think that Dean is randomly blaming, blaming, blaming a president. See, um, I, the reason why I'm really def- defensive of this part is that was my favorite line in the whole episode. So, <laughs> no, I love the way he said it. I love the way I he love, said yeah, it. Yeah, the delivery of the line was great. The delivery of the line was great. It wasn't a bad line. I just think, personally, it's one of those things that I get weird about. 
And it is something that I just, it's just one of those things that happens to me with almost every television show that has something that's very topical in it. Mm-hmm. Something very in the moment that it doesn't, like I said, in Buffy it was her saying, well, I'm, I'm not, let's get this party started. Okay, but does anybody care about that pink song anymore? No. And so it dates that episode. It puts it in a very specific time. And, again, I feel like the Taylor Swift, choosing a Taylor Swift song, even though that song works in terms of themes, it actually does work in terms of the theme um, for Dean, I feel like choosing her current big hit dates the episode for me. And I'm going to have a slight other nitpick about that is because Jensen recently mentioned at a, at a con that part of why we don't get so much of the, the music that made Supernatural what it was is because of budgetary reasons. And so spending the, a budget, you know, what it had to have been so much money to get a Taylor Swift song, especially her current hit, that was like monetarily painful for me. Monetarily but I think- painful. There's a lot of people I know complaining about the Taylor Swift song, and, but I don't. I think people are forgetting that there was a classic rock song at the beginning of the episode. No, no, I, <laughs> I agree. But there's a big difference between getting a James Gang song versus getting a Taylor Swift song versus getting like what everybody wants. I loved the James Gang song. It was song. gorgeous. Yeah, that song. Mm, was, I yes. love that song. I was glad they used it. One of my favorite James Gang songs. Um, written by Joe Walsh, actually, uh, when he was part of James Gang. But I'm saying monetarily there's a huge difference between getting a James Gang song that's 40 years old versus getting Taylor Swift's current hit, especially when you think about the licensing of Taylor Swift. She is one of the highest license costs right now. What I'm trying to say, though, is if they could afford both of those, you know, I'm, no, I'm, I'm fine saying, with it because we still no, got the no, class. No, but I'm saying it. that's something specific that Jensen said that we don't get. And because one, right, of, he's the, one of the dream that things. Yeah. Right. One of the dream things that everybody says, and I'm actually going to, it, this is going to go into one of those things where I'm saying it's not just the artist for me, and it's not that it's a pop song. Because I didn't have a problem with it being a pop song. I like pop music. It's not my favorite kind of music, but. I really, really like NSYNC, and I really, really like Britney Spears. Still, I'm not saying like Teenage Mutant. I'm saying still. Uh, now, Britney Spears, soft spot. So we have the exact same birthday, same day, same year, the whole bit. Soft spot. But I actually really like NSYNC, just for the hell of it. So for me, it wasn't a pop song. I like Selena Gomez. So it wasn't that it was a pop song, and I'm not even going to complain because it was Taylor Swift, even though I don't like Taylor Swift, because what I'm about to say is kind of parallel to that. Everybody really wants Led Zeppelin on the show. Everybody's always wanted it, and the reason has always been money, money, money. I personally don't like Led Zeppelin. Sorry. Uh, I know that's like the most sacrilegious thing you can say in Supernatural fandom, but I don't, and I never have. Uh, I don't like Led Zeppelin either. I'm not a big fan. Thank you. You no, guys no. are done. Podcast is mine from now on. Just leave. <laughs> I've always, yeah. I've never said that out loud because I'm always afraid it's, of, um, like, the reaction. Because, one, you just don't say you don't like Led Zeppelin. Uh, they annoy me. Say, <laughs> and then especially in this fandom. And I'm thinking, 
for me, it's always like I ha- I can do so much in 15 minutes rather than listen to one Led Zeppelin song. Stairway to uh, Heaven. Ah. Oh, stairway to Nine. Didn't like it then. The no Don't like it now. Then, yeah, the No Stairway line in Wayne's World is one of my favorites. Uh, no Led Zeppelin, Stairway to Nine. I love that moment because I've just never, ever been a fan. So... I, so, like I said, for me, I'm not even saying it's artists. I'm saying in terms of just budgetary reasons, I kind of side-eyed it. And, again, like I said, it's going to date the episode because in five years, people will still remember that song, but it won't be timely anymore. So what, I I, what I'm me, trying I to say – I would have preferred two more gen, generic uh, references for that. And, yes, obviously they could afford it because they got it. Yes, I'm not saying – not. I'm just saying, why couldn't that go into the fund for why the reason you, we keep getting told that there's certain artists that we don't get? Well, I mean, we're ne- unless they fire Jared and Jensen, there's no way they can afford Led Zeppelin because that. Led well, Zeppelin. that's true as well. But that was my that was my example because I don't like Led Zeppelin, and so I don't like Taylor Swift either. So that was my my parallel. Mm-hmm. Uh, comparison for so people weren't like well just because you don't like Taylor Swift no I don't like Led Zeppelin either but um, yeah that's yeah, I that's can say that you know what I don't uh, comparison I'm pretty neutral on Taylor Swift I mean I don't hate her I know a lot of people do I don't love her her music is not my usual taste but I I I had no issue with being liking Taylor Swift no. because mm-hmm. there's there's precedence for that in in that you know he listens to Air Supply he listens to Power Ballads by Ario Speedwagon you know yep. I'm not shocked at all he likes Taylor Swift yeah and and um, the fact that I don't like Taylor Swift I'm not going to tell Dean he can't um does yeah. it make me cringe personally yes but in terms of it being more or less in character yeah, I I had no issue with that at all. Um, would I have preferred it to be a song that I like? Yeah, obviously I would rather it be a song I like, but it wasn't, and whatever. But in terms I, of I, in terms of it fitting in the episode, it was fine. <laughs> I had no issue with it. I thought the joke went over just fine. I thought I will, Jared's reaction I to, say, to Sam was great. Their ending. For the for the first time in a long time, I was sitting here with the biggest smile on my face at the end. It was just, I was just like, oh, I love it. I was just so I would be neutral on it because I don't like, I don't like her music, and I don't like, and I and I'm traumatized by Taylor Swift because I'm a I'm a big country music fan, um, and I I just resent her being on the country music station. And I resent her winning country music awards because just because you play an acoustic guitar and write your own songs does not make your music country. And so for her, I always feel like the, um, for anybody who watches Angel or watched Angel, sorry, because it's, you know, 10 years, <laughs> 12 years off the air, but for anybody who did watch Angel, um, when, uh, oh, how am I going to phrase this without being spoiler? When there's a character who sings, and Angel comments on it, and he says, what is this uh, pop, rock, country, pick a, pick a genre, pal? That's how I feel with Taylor Swift. Like, pick a genre and stay in your lane, which I know is horrible of me because as an artist, she should be allowed to uh, 
experiment, whatever, stay in your lane. I'm glad her current lane is pop music because this album has gotten her off my country music station. So in a way, I'm glad that she has deviated. So again, I have a big trauma when it comes to Taylor Swift. I think the thing she did with Spotify was really, really horrendous. I just think it was a really, really, I'm trying to not curse, uh, just a rude thing to do to fans. Um, for those who don't know, she, um, when her newest album was released, most, most artists who have already an established following will hold back their music, their newest album being on Spotify so they get, you know, a decent amount of sales and then they'll allow Spotify the rights to it. But they'll leave their other music. Taylor Swift pulled all of her music library off of Spotify. So even her very first album from, like, what, six years ago or so is no longer on Spotify, which I think is just, you're already a multimillionaire. Don't be a jerk. But again... Those are all personal issues I have. In terms of the song being used, the money is kind of what irritates me. But in terms of it being, in terms of the flow of the episode at this current moment, that was fine. I just, I'm more on the sense of how it'll hold up because, as I said, the Buffy episode where they reference Pink, that doesn't hold up anymore. So I'm a little, and that's, that's more how I feel about it being specifically Taylor Swift and specifically that song. Yeah, I want not enough to make me not like this episode. So it's <laughs> not enough to bug me. God knows. Like I said, those were. That's why I preface with me saying those are really nitpicky things. My other slightly yeah. nitpicky thing. Um, however, I get why it was done. I just think maybe it could have been tweaked a little bit. Was the exposition for the yarrow flower? Um. I think it was the, the exposition was slightly clunky in that you kind of got the impression that Dean needed Sam to fill him in with, with, with what it was when they're both really familiar with Yarrow Flower. But mm-hmm. I read, I know that you have to have the exposition because not every, not every viewer is a fandom level viewer. There are casual viewers of this show. Um, or like my mother who has seen episodes multiple times, but, by multiple, I mean three or four, not 20 to 30 like the rest of us, at minimum. So they do need that mm-hmm. reminder of what the yarrow flower is. And so I get why the exposition is there. I just thought it was ever so slightly clunky. But again, that's mm-hmm. such that's me literally nitpicking to find something to to critique. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking I thought of the yarrow... Go ahead. I was just going to say the when Sam's reading about the yarrow, I, I paused it to look at something else, but I decided to read the explanation of yarrow that was up on Sam's computer screen. Um, and I thought it was funny that it was Professor Fergus. <laughs> Farkas, not Fergus, Farkas. Uh, it just made me think I they were really this pronunciation. Yeah, but also um, the the first paragraph about yarrow is also the last paragraph about yarrow. <laughs> I think they needed to fill the space, and they just kept repeating the information on yarrow. <laughs> but you know, it goes by quickly on the show. It gets you know covered up by other stuff, and you don't really notice it. I just happened to pause there to read to look at something else and and notice the entire first paragraph is repeated at the at the bottom of the screen and at the top. Just, that makes for a good you Easter know. egg. So 
you know, hey. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's like not that important. I do stuff like that all the time, but everyone does, and, every show, not just Yeah, and another that. slight nitpick I have, and again, this is very much a personal thing, way too much exposition in the beginning tying this into what happened with Charlie, but we all know how I felt about that episode. So again, oh, subjective. I didn't think it needed to be reiterated, especially because I feel like Dean didn't have to be the only one who apologized in that situation. So, eh. But again, completely subjective. Um, mm. But those are, like I said, absolutely, absolutely nitpicking. This episode had humor. Um, it had a really good creep factor to it. The, the between the script, the costuming, the makeup, and the directing, and the acting. When when Jensen is back in the scene and he shoves the hex bag into the witch's mouth and shoves her in the oven, that was pretty gruesome. And I I like mm. gruesome. I I I like gruesome. And so mm. I I also sidebar to that. I really identify with Tina, and I'm not someone who identifies with characters that often. But with her saying, you know, I have ex-husbands, I don't, but, you know, I have ex-boyfriends that I don't want to talk about. Uh, being in debt and basically not doing that well as an adult and the idea of being 14 and knowing then what I know now, that kind of idea, God, so jealous. So jealous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I totally would have stayed 14 as well. Um, I would have asked them if they could maybe get me some falsified documents so I could get back <laughs> in school and all that because I'm not entirely sure how she's going to finagle all that. But aside from that, I, I feel her, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I have a nitpick, but it's a lot more fun. <laughs> it's it's the kind of nitpick where, you know, uh, after two Two times when the kids disappear, in particular, uh, the adults disappear, and then they turn into back into their uh, younger selves. Um, their clothes, they are suddenly wearing a full outfit in the Hansel and Gretel prison cells. When And then at the end, when Dean comes back to being adult Dean, and Dylan Everett's clothes fit at 14 they don't fit though they 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 don't not fit enough <laughs> they're they're not small enough and i think they should have ripped more or think... or been way smaller i he's he's quite a bit shorter and definitely thinner and i i i they didn't fit but they didn't not fit enough and it's kind of a fun thing it would have been and I could, more fun to see and I, I do I do see your point on that but I like the subtlety of the sleeves just being too short and the it being a little bit tight but not overwhelmingly because I did kind of specifically look to see the differential between mm-hmm. Jared and Dylan when they're walking and it's not that it doesn't actually look like he's that much shorter than Jensen compared to Jared. Really didn't to me in that in that moment. And you know, they layer Dean up, but Jensen's not this like ginormously buff dude. Like he's in really good shape, but he's not mm-hmm. huge. Um so I kinda like that because I almost feel like it would have taken away 
like I like that it was a subtle bit of humor that you kind of had to mm-hmm. look for it. But given what Tina is saying in that moment, and it's a, it's quite a serious moment, and also like when he changes, mm-hmm. you know, he does have to kind of uh, you know get gruesome, like I said. I think it might have mm-hmm. taken away from the impact of mm-hmm. those moments. It had been the visual comedy of the, the too tight, you know, torn jeans, mm-hmm. shredded, hulked out kind of look. No, so <laughs> no it didn't did, have to I go did. quite that far. But Yeah, but I like You could that, also you know, say that the clothes on Dylan would have, on, on Dylan's scene, would have been maybe a little bigger or a little baggier, which would have translated did, a little well, bit. But I have to go. Yeah, I'd have to go back and see how the jeans fit him. But to be honest, I didn't notice. Yeah, but I did they get the really idea that the, that's, Yeah, um, I did get the, the impression that uh, the hoodie and the shirt were oversized on him. I did get that mm-hmm. impression. Um, I mean, I thought it was a little odd that that Hansel and the witch kept such a full wardrobe for the kids. They took as prisoner and were going to eat anyway. I mean, you know, jeans and shirts and a hoodie and everything else. Like, really? apt, maybe they figure you're more apt to eat cake if you're not worried about being naked. Because I know that if you take my clothes away, I'm really not going to eat cake. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> There's no way for anybody to eat cake without clothes on. <laughs> So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Well, and also, you know, CW. But <laughs> um, unfortunately, uh, uh, the fact that Eric promised us uh, years and years and years ago that we were getting <laughs> full frontal male nudity, it has yet yes. to happen. It is yet to happen. Now they have another season, so you know there is hope. But I'm, but it's dwindling over the years. <laughs> yeah, every <laughs> year, every year, I just my my belief in that gets smaller and smaller. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, well, it's like Terminator, it. you know. And Angel, Angel yeah, I, came back from hell nude. Totally, Nathan doc- came back from the hell. doctor. The doctor regenerated uh, from his hand, completely naked. Mm-hmm. Um, and he went, and that was ten. And eleven went to church naked. So, well, he got ready for church naked. So, you know, there's that. Um, so yeah. it can be done. But uh, I, I and I and I think they made a specific note to not to film Jensen um, from the waist up with that, so you could just enough so where you could see his arms poking out, and you can use it to your imagination that the jeans were were tight and short and possibly you know torn. We don't know. So mm-hmm. I think that it was just enough of of the visual gag without it. Um, Mm-hmm. Undermining. Yeah, I see what you mean by not distracting. Because if they had been like Hulk clothes, um, yeah, all had torn it, and, and small, scenes, it would have been very distracting. Yeah, had those scenes had a different vibe to them, I would totally agree with you. Because, yeah, but because of the because of the the vibe of the scenes, I'm glad they didn't do it because the opportunity was there for them to just go for the gag, and they didn't. They held back and. Sometimes it's warranted because that's yeah. one of the things I have complained about in the past few years is sometimes they're so focused on the joke that they make it fit mm-hmm. no matter where, whether it should or shouldn't. And I'm glad mm-hmm. that in this instance it wasn't that way. Yeah. Also, as 
Artsy Denise mentions on Twitter, she said, if how about the creep factor that someone took these newly de-aged naked people and dressed them? And that's definitely Yeah, creepy. that did cross my mind. And that yeah. did, not going to lie, that crossed my mind. Um, hi, Denise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hi, we can see you. <laughs> um, yeah, that did actually, I, there was a creep factor for me in that one. And it is. Yeah, you're you're naked, pubescent, and unconscious. Yeah, and and very 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 creepy people doing it too. So yeah, yeah. Um, I also really liked in the episode in terms of what I really liked about this episode is there were just really subtle things, like when Sam suggests that they split up, and. Dean has this pause of, like, I, I don't know if mm-hmm. I want to do that. And yes. Sam catches it and and modifies it. He's like, or if you don't want to, and then you see, Sam, you see Dean gather his courage and be like, no, 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 I can do this. And when he, in the beginning, when you have Dean tell him, do you really believe in me like that? And Sam tells him unequivocally, yes, I, I do. Yes, yes. And those moments the line were both, the, were both the... fantastic to me. Mm-hmm. You're damn right I do, he says. Yeah. You know? Both of those moments yeah. were really, really, really good to me um, in terms yeah. of um, the writing of it and the portrayals of it. Uh, I yeah. just really enjoyed the it. Reading. Yeah. And I loved Sam at the end saying, yeah, you know, you I could have stayed. You could have stayed young, could have not had the mark, but I wanted you back. You know? Yeah. We'll figure it out. We always do. And yeah, I loved it. I love. Yeah, there's two things. <laughs> two, one thing and then another thing that's going to reference into that thing. I love the joke of Dean saying that he has a virgin liver and Sam telling him, yeah, we'll totally drink because you could do that in like seven years. And just the look on Dean's face of, ugh, I had to realize that part sucks. Um, because that was funny to me. Uh, but also, I'm so glad that Dean was eating fast food and drinking again. You don't understand <laughs> how happy that made me because I was so furious over it last episode, just so <laughs> angry. And I was afraid, even though Jensen gave an interview this week where he said he'll be back to eating burgers and drinking beer, my thought process reading that interview was two. One, I was like, yes, but how long before he has a burger? Am I going to have to suffer through you suffering through the food you don't like for a while? And I was like, just here? And so, yeah, I, <laughs> my mom even told me, like, you are way too obsessed with being drinking. And I was like, I wasn't until they took it away. And because of the way they did it, because, again, I just thought it was in terms of melding substance abuse with something that he can't control, I personally was really put off by that. So I know it's a bizarre thing for someone to eat, uh, for a character eating Tex-Mex takeout and being a slob and drinking whiskey to make you really happy, but it did, and I'm sorry. But Dean's not real, so I'm allowed to him, for him to be happy that he's abusing his body again. <laughs> uh, Becky, I also- we, haven't, we haven't heard a lot from you, and I'm, I'm really sorry. <laughs> We've been talking a lot, and so 
So I've tried to interrupt a few times, but uh, I've tried to interject my opinions, but I just got talked over, so I just stopped. <laughs> sorry. I'm, I'm sorry I about that. It's exciting to have a great episode to talk yeah. about. Yeah, I just so, didn't want people to randomly think I was hating Taylor Swift for no reason and hated the moment for no reason. So I felt like I had to quantify my statement a lot. Okay. Becky's got the floor. Go. Well, I well, there's a few things I wanted to talk about. Um, the one thing I wanted to see if anybody else noticed it. Um, Pat, uh, Miss Pat Moore, what her real name? Les, what'd you say? It was Leslie Nickel? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Who here has watched Bugs Bunny cartoons and remember Witch Hazel on the Bugs Bunny cartoons? There was even a Hansel and Gretel cartoon with Bugs Bunny and Witch Hazel. Um, uh, you can go to you can go to YouTube and pull up the videos because I did just to see if I was right. Her mm-hmm. performance um, as the witch is exactly like the witch in Looney Tunes and Witch Hazel. I mean the the laugh, the cackle, her accent, mm. everything. It's the same. And I really would like to ask if that was you know an actor decision. Or, you know, the director, or was it in the script? Because it's exactly her. And if you even, if you, you can even go to YouTube and look up um, Looney Tunes, Bugs Bunny, you know, Witch Hazel, Hansel and Gretel, and you'll see her right there. It's exactly Wow. I'll have to look that up. I did not Mm -hmm. know that. Um, She even looks like her, except for Witch Hazel had black hair. And Leslie Nickel has the blondish reddish. Um, but I thought that was pretty interesting. As soon as she started the cackling, I was like, whoa, because I always loved Looney Tunes, and I have them on DVD and everything. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, And then the other thing, I just have to say that Dylan Everett was Dean Winchester in this episode. He 100% was Dean. Every time he was – when he was on screen, I didn't feel like it was somebody else. You know how – you know, mm-hmm. God – you know, Chad Everett was amazing as Dean um, and, you know, in the episode where he played old Dean and, you know, Chad, Chad Everett has now passed away. Um, but he was, he was great. But I, I, I knew it was Chad Everett playing Dean Winchester. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Watching this, I never thought it was Dylan Everett playing Dean Winchester. This was Dean Winchester. And I, you know, I just, he just was amazing. And I was super, super impressed with him. And mm-hmm. I mean, he his lines, the way he read them, his mannerisms, the way he moved, you know, he, he was just perfect. And the way, and then Jared, um, you know, reacted to him was perfect. And you never once thought that it was Dylan Everett playing Dean Winchester. You know, it was Dean mm-hmm. Winchester the whole time. Totally agree. I agree. I agree. And this is going to sound kind of weird to say, and I don't. I don't mean it the way it's going to come out, so Jen Snackles, you're not listening, but if you were, just remember that I love you. Um, <laughs> I didn't feel like I specifically missed him. No, no, exactly. You did. Dean was still in the episode, so, you, you know. Yeah. So, and I, you know, I, I, I said before, I'm one of the very few people in the world that loves Brock Kelly's version of Dean. Um, but it does, 
it is a different actor playing Dean other than, and again, there's there's the liberties of, well, that was Teenage Dean, and last episode was Dylan, same thing. But this episode, it didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't in the back of my head. I wasn't thinking change back, nothing. Mm-hmm. So that's a kind of, that's a, a, a weird compliment because I do love Jensen's Dean so much, but yeah. So I think it'd be, it'd be worse if you said, I think, I think Jensen would understand and I think he would want whoever portrayed him as young to be that good that you didn't see he wasn't there because. Oh, definitely. I think Jensen would understand that's, that. It's just, just overall, yeah. and I, I know it's, it's just the, you know, the fact that I said, I didn't miss you at all. It was, that's the kind of, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, because honestly, you never really noticed that he wasn't there because Jensen is Dean on this show. Yeah, like Dean was Dean was, in the Dean was still on the show. Dean was there. So, also, it was yeah. adult Dean. I mean, it, it looked like young Dean, but it was adult Dean. And exactly. Dylan and got, I think that was yeah, that was the challenge that I think like Dylan did a the that interview uh, with AfterBuzz, and that's what he mentioned is that you know the first time he was playing, you know being as a teenager, this was being in his 30s, just smaller, and that that, you know, he had nerves about that, and I, I'm glad that he, when he's eating the cake, it's Dean, he's so, <laughs> it's the exact same way Dean eats the chili cheese fries in Tall Tales. Tall Tales. Oh, not Tall, yeah, it's the exact same way. And the facial tics and everything, the way he would furrow his brow and yeah, it was completely. My favorite thing mm-hmm. that he got just down pat, handling his gun and his weapons when yes. he comes yes. into the hotel room yes. and goes straight for him. It's like wow, this is not a fourteen-year-old handling a gun like for the first couple of times. This is someone who's been handling a gun and using it for. 20 years, more than 20 years, and you could just see it was natural and it was with a purpose because he was going back out hunting again. Awesome. Just awesome. And I loved how when he finally did come back to the hotel room and he just marches right past Sam, and I love, you see this little boy, you know, he just, you know, (laughs) this little boy just marching right past Sam, goes straight for the weapons, you know. And then he's like, grenades. we got any grenades, you know, I was like, oh, <laughs> this is, this is just great. And, and, you know, there's Jared standing there with Sam, you know, with this look of like, oh, dumbfounded look on his face. Can't believe it's happening. And it was just a great, great scene. And, you know, that I want to also mention that as well, because Jared has said in interviews that he's not particularly comfortable with comedy. He doesn't think comedy is his 4K, all this. I think he's fantastic at comedy, personally, but this was one of those where he he nailed it as well because he could have gone big. He could have done the blah, 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 blah. No, it was the reactions were so well done, so controlled, so thought out, that it is the same way I would feel if my family member showed up 20 years younger than they're supposed to be, 20 plus years younger than they're supposed to be. And that uh, that moment of this kind of stuff happens to us, but 
I still don't know how to wrap my head around it, even though I'm completely convinced that this is you. I know this is you. Uh, so I, I thought his his uh, portrayal was really, really good as well. And I, I love and, the idea of, of Dean thinking that he was still going to drive. Yeah, I, I did too. I was like, yeah, it was, and, uh, when I was watching it again, when, I forget if it was my husband or my son mentioned, he's like, yeah, what are you going to do when you get pulled over? You know, when he goes, you know, to get in the driver's, you know, because he's not going to have a driver's license, and he looked 14. Nope. And um, I'm sure most people have already noticed it, but um, the actor that played Hansel uh, is also the actor who played the Tooth Fairy in the um, episode with Jesse, the Antichrist, that episode. Uh, Children Are Our Future, I think that was the name of it. Um, mm-hmm. it, you know, so he played. He was the tooth fairy in that episode. So Alex is this big, gruff guy who's played the tooth fairy and Hansel from Hansel and Gretel on Supernatural. I think that's funny. Yeah. He looked familiar to me, but I couldn't place him, and now I know why. Right. I like the scene in the car. Um, Dean starts to drive, and he pulls the seat all the way up, and you know, the Impala has a bench seat on the front, and so. Poor Sam, long legs jammed up against the dashboard, can't move. <laughs> I laughed. Yes, I did too. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed that immensely. Yeah, and, and I, I know, enjoyed the guy humor to, too. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we have to, you know, obligatorily, uh, obligatorily mention that there were three big jokes in this episode. And they were all really well done. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which, you know, we yeah. had a whole season of big jokes. So it was nice to get back to basics <laughs> and have that and again. Yes, but they were not, they were not, they were not uh, uh, blatantly dick jokes. The word dick was not, it was true. They were, true. They were subtle, if they can be subtle when you're, when you're 14. They were, but... were high-brow dick jokes? <laughs> what? They were highbrow dick jokes? Yes. <laughs> yes, they were. <laughs> I like the, you know, no brass on the infield. <laughs> and I had, oh, oh. I had um, multiple people go, I just understood what that means. I'm like, whoa, really? I didn't know wow. That I, <laughs> I thought that was a common thing. <laughs> And then, and then Sam saying, "I'm too too big to fit in there <laughs> with the window." And the the happy grin, the happy grin on Dean's face, which was so Dean again to be able to to smack, you know, uh, uh, torture his brother, you know, and tease his big brother, his, his younger brother, and say, you know, but you know, bet you never heard that first time you had to say that, <laughs> you know, it just cracked. So. And I liked the way Dylan Everett, when he was saying, you know, complimenting Sam on the Underoos line, he, was, he did this thing that Dean does, and he kind of hesitates and thinks. He's like, uh, yeah, you got me. All right. You know, good yeah. job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, good one. Like, okay, I'll admit it. And the the 
the body language and, and the voice was perfect, just perfect. Did a great job. I wonder um, if he specifically, because um, I don't remember his voice being that dark, that deep last year when Dylan Everett was on. So I wonder if he specifically tried to make his voice, you know, the Batman voice that Jensen uses for Dean. <laughs> I wonder if he tried to use, you know, if he did that on purpose this time. I think he he didn't come right out and say it in that interview, but he kind of implied that yes. Ah, makes sense. It, it makes mm. sense, not just in terms of him playing current Dean, but it makes sense in terms of continuity because Dean, well, and Jensen has said that over the years he's progressed that um, because he's just as a way of, of reflecting how world-weary and that it, he's gotten. So it makes sense. Also, I thought that was really well done. And um, I thought an interesting comment in this episode was Dean admitted that he considers himself a functional alcoholic. Yep. First time that's been admitted in the in the show, I believe. Yes, mm-hmm. I I really like that because I've been using that exact phrase for so long that I forgot it had never been said. <laughs> So when he said that, I was like, oh, finally, it's being said. Yay. Yeah. Still makes me sad. Well, the first step is admitting it. So he's got the first step going. So I would like to say it made me sad, but I was too busy being happy by it. (laughs) (laughs) I I understand that, you know, but first time listener, we go, what, what? (laughs) Why does that make her happy? But. I know. If it was in real life, of course you wouldn't want the person to be an alcoholic. But it's a fictional TV no. show, and it makes the show more interesting if the character's an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. So there's a difference. Yep. Well, it's like, you know, I'm about to compliment um, not 100% in the episode. Uh, it's actually one of my little nitpicks. But for the most part, I really loved badass Sam in this episode. And that's, you know, it's like, I'm about to say, well, I loved when Sam slammed the guy, the bartender's head on the bar when, to, when he found out that he had Dean's jacket and phone and he wouldn't tell him where. And, you know, we wouldn't ordinarily say that in regular conversation <laughs> with someone. Yeah, it was great the way he slammed his head on the bar. So I love that part. I loved him insisting Hansel tell them how to how to fix Dean and the others before that. But unfortunately at the end, um, Sam is overpowered once again <laughs> and uh, um, sits there. I mean, it's not awful. He does fight back, then he gets knocked out again. And it's about Dean, I know. How Sam Winchester can remember, but... how Sam Winchester can remember his own name is just beyond me because he's, <laughs> He's had so many head injuries. The poor guy. Yes. No, yes, I agree. Constantly. And, again, slightly nitpicky on the same. Uh, sorry, I'm baking at the same time that I had to soften butter. <laughs> that was the sound of my microwave in the background. Uh, the My only issue with Sam getting knocked out is, you know, T 
two hits and he could barely get back up. And but Hansel banged teenage Dean up against the refrigerator. How many times before he even like dazed him? But, and I think they, I don't mind us being reminded that Sam and Dean are human. Um, I just think there should be maybe a switch off of one getting knocked out because it's always Sam. (laughs) It's a little, like, it's a little disgusting Mm -hmm. on, on multiple levels. So, uh, or not even knocked out because last episode he wasn't knocked out, but he was the one uh, incapacitated. So whatever it is, it seems it seems to feel like it's always Sam. Mm. And you know, which if you look at him, enormous. that's very hard to believe. <laughs> yeah, you know? he's ginormous, and it's one of those things. You know, going back to last week's episode, which was one of my issues, was you know, even if you take the dark part of yourself and personify it. Why are you a ninja all of a sudden though? And also like, you know, how mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm five foot 10. I'm a big girl. And if regular Dean Winchester hits me, I'm going down and staying down. If Dean Winchester with a market cane hits me, I'm going down and never getting back up again. So how dark Charlie was able to even hold her own, on an average level, and I don't get it because she's like a third of my size, not literally, probably like half my size, but you get the idea. So, again, going into this episode, at least Hansel was a big dude and immortal. At least mm-hmm. there's that. But um, it is one of those things that, make, those, you know, makes you kind of scratch your head. And like you said, like yeah. Becky said, I wonder how Sam even remembers his own name at this point. And surprised Dean isn't sewing it into all of his clothes. And Sam's not just a big, strong guy who can handle a weapon. I mean, he's he's someone who's been Lucifer, drank demon blood, had powers. You know, I mean, he's he's not any an ordinary big, strong guy. You know, he has all these other yeah. characteristics Which, and layers. Going and back to you saying being wow. Lucifer, because it reminded me, the, 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 the <laughs> devil's butt joke. Something you don't hear really, every day? No. And here's the thing. It was really, I mean, it's such a brother joke to make anyway, but also the idea of, well, that's a valid inquiry that the team was going to make, because you might know. I don't know. I don't, you know, who knows? I, again, I laughed more than I thought I would have. <laughs> we have a caller, and I think it might yes. be somebody we know. Yes. yes. I was just saying, I, I see that. Going to going to put them on. Hello, Winchester Radio. Hi, it's Barbara Doyle calling in to talk to you guys about the episode. How are you guys doing? Hey, Barb. Thank you. Hi there, (laughs) Batby. I have have a thought I wanted to share because you guys were talking about, first of all, you know, I make, I do recaps for the show and um, for the site Sweatpants and Coffee. And one of the things I'm constantly having to write about is Sam Winchester getting knocked out and tied up again. Mm -hmm. 
which, you know, <laughs> a girl has her fantasies about Sam Winchester being tied up. I'm not going to lie. Mm. But um, one of my thoughts on it, because you guys were talking about, you know, the brothers and everything. And I was thinking, as I was watching the episode, I was looking at Sam and thinking, wow, when Dean's not around and he knows he has to step it up and be the badass, he's very capable of doing it. But it's almost like when Dean's around, he kind of reverts back to the little boy that gets taken care of sometimes. And I don't, I mean, I'm, maybe I'm just reading too much into it, but I kind of feel like when he's around Dean, he's not as badass as he could be because he's just so used to that role of Dean being the one who takes care of things and takes care of him. So, I mean, I, again, I might be reading too much into it, but that was kind of something I was wondering about because even though, you know, Dylan playing Dean, who is amazing and I wish would come back, um, and I wish Colin Ford would come back and they would do, you know, the young Winchesters together because mm-hmm. that would be awesome. Yes. But um, yes. I was wondering if the size difference, because I remember at a con someone asked, if they thought the dynamic between the brothers would be different if Dean was taller than Sam. And so uh, I was, it was just the whole thing of, you know, when you're around your big brother, is there a part of you that even, you know, refer, refers back to your past and becomes the little brother again who kind of waits for the big brother to take care of him? I think you've, you've really got a point there because it remind it takes me back to remembering um, a scene specifically back in, Lazarus Rising, season four's first episode. Um, yep. After they meet up with the waitress demon and uh, here's the money for the pie and all that. Um, Sam, Dean specific, Sam says something to Dean about how he's been handling demons the whole time he's been gone. And Dean says, well, the um, smarter brother's back now. <laughs> and, you know, so, you know, Sam, you know, did, you know, you know, defer to Dean and those things until at the end, you know, we went, when he went off by himself. So, you know, I think there, Sam does have a history of deferring to Dean when Dean is there. Wonderful. Yeah. And I mean, I think, I mean, when he has to get into it, he does, but I do no, think he looks to Dean for cues. And I think your I would like your argument to hold water except that there's a lot of times where we see Sam get knocked about because they're separated. Um, I will say that one of the things the show has always done really well, and I don't know if it's conscious or not, um, but they very rarely have Dean say my younger brother. He always says my little brother. And I yeah. love that. I love yeah, that. that's true. Um, because He does look to Dean for cues, though, when they fight. You know what I mean? Like, it it seems to me that way anyway. You know, when Dean says stand down or when Dean, like, I know you um, were talking about last week's episode earlier, one of the, when he um, told him to stand down basically against evil Charlie until they could figure out what was going on, it was a simple laying of his hand on Sam's arm. You know what I mean? And it's almost like you would do with a kid. You'd reach out and grab, you know, touch their arm to let them know. The flip side is the episode prior where Sam does it to Dean. So I do kind of feel like they tend to look to each other versus it being just one looking to the other one. Because in the, in, you know, when, when Dean is, is torturing Metatron, uh, Sam pulls him back, pulls Dean back, and as soon as Susan so wonderfully pointed out, he lifts him just a little bit, and I did want to go back and look at that, and yeah, yeah, he does, and that's a good time. Um, <laughs> because, again, we're all 
shallow and love the idea that Sam Winchester was gigantic. Uh, but um, I, you know, Dean kind of lunges again, and he's it, all Sam does is kind of put his hand on his on him, and that grounds Dean. So I, I think they yeah. both kind of do it with each other, which I like. I, oh, that's completely different than what I think Barbara's talking about. Though I agree. No, with that. I know she's Sam saying that the they look to each other for cues. I'm saying Sam, they do use each other for grounding. Yeah, Sam keeps Dean grounded. When Dean's out of control, Dean knows Sam is going to be there for him. But when it comes to, like, these general fights, like, you know, I don't consider the fight with Hansel or the witch here a big fight. You know, when it yeah. comes to things like that, you know, I think Sam... I would have be- to go back and look specifically for that kind of thing because it's not something I've noticed. So I'm... I can't I've noticed, it, you know. like I said, I've noticed it ever since season four of Lazarus Rising, that scene, and I've kind of noticed it, you know, kind of kept track, you know, I can't well, think I of anything in particular, Rising, but. Rising, yeah, I noticed it in Lazarus Rising, but I thought it was more of Sam's attempt to throw Dean off of what was really going on, hmm. which is how I read it at the time. So I would have to go the back other... look at some oh, subsequent okay. episodes to actually look for that in terms of fights and things to see if it's... Because if it is there, that's cool. I like it. Well, I also remember, too, when they were fighting Cole um, and that last fight when Sam, you know, he sees Dean is in a fight that's causing his face to be totally disrupted and Cole, rude. But anyway, um, when he notices that that's happening, he immediately draws his gun. And, you know, you see the father figure come out in Dean immediately when he's like, put it down! And Sam drops it, you know, because he doesn't question. And it's interesting to see that little dynamic of, you know, because let's face it, Dean is a father to him as well as being a brother. So when that little voice, you know, when he sees Dean, basically like you'd talk to a kid, you know, if you saw your kid with something dangerous or about to do something stupid, you'd get what, you know, you'd get parent voice and you'd yell at them and, you know, stop right now or put it down. And I just loved that whole finger right out and the put it down and Sam drops it because he knows that that's what he does. He on, he defers to Dean's instruction a lot of the time. And this episode was so interesting because like you said, it was Dean's personality. I mean, it was a small body, but it was definitely Dean's demeanor. It was his gruff nature. It was his using humor, you know, to deflect whatever. And looking at that, it just kind of felt like, wow, even though the body is a lot smaller, you're still kind of listening to his voice. Again, I could be reading into it, but that's how I felt about it. And I agree with you. I I, thought, I saw the same thing. Yeah, I have absolutely no opinion either way because I'm not sure. I will <laughs> currently say that <laughs> since I like what you're saying, I'm going to agree with it <laughs> because it works for me. So... <laughs> You and you, you and Becky win this round. All right. <laughs> Woo! Uh, <laughs> I didn't vote. I, I honestly, well, okay, you either win or you tie. <laughs> there you go. Our interpretation <laughs> works. That's all that matters. Vote. <laughs> well, would you vote so I can so I can declare them the winner? Because I know which way you're going to vote. <laughs> Well, I know how to lose with Vinny instantly, if you want me to lose with Vinny instantly, because I I didn't mind the Taylor Swift song. 
How do you feel about Led Zeppelin? How do you feel about Led Zeppelin? Um, right. I'm not a big Led Zeppelin fan, but I um, I didn't mind the Taylor Swift. You all are fired. You're fired. All three of you are fired. <laughs> oh, no. You don't yeah, Stairway to Heaven was a burden for me. Yeah, oh. sorry. And like I said, my 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 despite me not liking Taylor Swift, the fact that it was Taylor Swift was was so far from it being my issue, that wasn't even it, so... Yeah, it's hard. I mean, I've liked the time, like, it, it, and also to me, it just brought up good memories because it reminded me, you know, of the Air Supply song, you know, when he got caught kind of enjoying mm-hmm. music that you would never think that he would enjoy. Yeah. And I, I love anything that harkens back to old episodes. So just remembering that little moment, you know, when he was mouthing and singing along to, you know, All Out of Love and he turns to the side to kind of do the with the song and everything yeah. me. So much of like these little moments where you can absolutely describe Dean Winchester and then he throws something in that kind of turns his own definition of himself on his head. So, you know, but I did also love Sam's face when he played the song because it was also very reminiscent of that episode. Sam's look of, are mm-hmm. you kidding me right now? <laughs> so yeah, really that's my favorite thing about those scenes that where when, you know, Dean is like singing singing along with Air Supply or loving Taylor Swift. It's, I love those, but what I love even more is the look of, of horror and disbelief on <laughs> Sam's face. <laughs> I just love his reaction to those things. Yeah. So like I said, for me, the, the, the arguments of, of, you know, taking umbrage in terms of canon, that was not remotely my issue with it. Um, mm. Not at all. I had, I had no problem with that because, I know in that way, I guess I do sort of identify over, not sorry, over identify, but identify with Dean in that way is that as someone who listens to, tends to listen to more harder rock, harder hip hop, and then when, or, or classic rock as well, when people find out that I listen to country, but I do like pop, I get that same side eye that Dean gets. And that whole, like, well, that's not the cool thing to say. Country just recently got cool again, and so now I'm cool. But (laughs) all, you know, all through, like, middle school, high school, like, early 20s, it was not the cool thing to listen to country. Oh, you know who helped make it cool, Vinny, was Taylor Swift. No, no. (laughs) I had to say. I will cut you. With no country, the damn country saw on her face. Anyway, <laughs> sorry to open up old wounds. Yeah, and I mean the odd thing is, is usually when when a, when a female is tall, like like well, well, well above average tall, I tend to automatically like them no matter what. And so the fact that I don't like Taylor Swift is so weird for me because, <laughs> like with Mandy Moore. I will go to the mat from for Mandy Moore. Do not even come at me with anti Mandy Moore propaganda. Oh no, I like her too. I like her a lot. She is nearly six feet tall and nearly six feet tall of flawlessness. Get out of my face. So usually I'm pretty much like, No, you're tall, I give you a pass. No, no passes for Taylor. <laughs> Poor Taylor. Eh, she's rich. She don't care. <laughs> True. 
Well, you you and Harry Styles. I was just saying, uh, y'all are forgetting that another band got dissed in this episode, and and that did bother me because I I happen to have them on my iTunes for the gym, and that's One Direction. Oh, I do. That was my other one that I felt dated the episode as well. I would have liked for her to have said, because she's more or less my age, uh, Tina, I would have liked for her to say Backstreet Boys or uh, NSYNC. Because also, Dean, the way they dressed him, he really didn't look like a One Directioner. So that, again, me with with, the, with weird timely things. I don't like timely things. It's just a personal quirk. But, um, no, I think that's a good perfect. point. I thought the Bieber no. comment was perfect, though. Because he, he did. I like mm-hmm. the Bieber one. I did like the Bieber one. Because, you know, I, not, I don't consider Bieber super timely right now. I mean, I know he's still famous and still relevant, but... Is he even singing anymore? Didn't he, like, retire a year ago or some weirdness? I don't know. Not the point. Point is, um, I like the Bieber line. Um, I I would have liked Tina to reference a different boy band, but I don't particularly like One Direction or dislike. I only know two songs, and one of them I really, really like. So Yeah, me too. But I think that was an opportunity here, right, to, to kind of throw in a cue like that to remind us that she is an older woman in a child's mm-hmm. body. Like you said, if she had done that, and, and, you know, my preference, although I love both Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, um, would have been to, you know, pick something like that as well. Um, because I think you're right. It would have cued us back in to her references aren't current with what today's tweens are talking about because she's not one. Exactly. So That's I think it would have been really funny if she had said something like, like 98 degrees, which was, would be Backstreet <laughs> Boys and NSYNC time relevant, but they were like not nearly as famous, <laughs> like at all. They're like the one hit wonder of boy bands. So I would have loved something like that. And I think, like I said, for like for me and you're, you're agreeing, is I just think it would have you know pulled us back into this is a uh, a woman in her 30s in a 14-year-old body. Like I said, I know who One Direction is, but the song that I liked by One Direction, I didn't know was One Direction for months. Not Me too. Was, I, I didn't know it because it wasn't that I was anti-One Direction. I just didn't know it was them. And once I found that, I just went, huh, okay. I didn't go, ew, oh, my God, One Direction. I hate One Direction. And then no, I just went, well, let's see if you learn, hmm. and moved yeah. on. So I think, but I think I would never reference. That wouldn't be my a go-to reference for me. A go-to reference for me as a 33-year-old woman would be NSYNC and Backstreet Boys because those were the relevant boy bands when I was in high school. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. That's kind of a missed opportunity, I think, because you're absolutely right. I would never have thought of that, but now that you've said it, I can see it as a real missed opportunity. But the other thing, too, about her was um, I found it really interesting that she sees being a kid again and getting to go through adulthood again as like, to kind of take her social wrongs and, you know, to find a path for her life and everything. Uh, I lost a lot. Yeah. Hello. Bart? Are you still there? Bart? Hello. Oh, I'm coming back. back. Okay. 
Are we here? Are we still here? Uh, oh, yeah, I'm here. Uh, Barb dropped, but we do have another caller, so I'm going to go okay, ahead and Barb, if you want to call back in, call back in when you can, and go ahead and take our other caller. Hello, new caller. You're on the air. Is it me? Hello? Hello? Yes, it's you. Hi. Okay. Hi. It's Amanda. <laughs> Hi, Amanda. How are you? Uh, sorry. <laughs> so, first off, I want to say, like, I was so in love with this episode. Like, I wanted to marry it. Like, I miss <laughs> episodes like this so much. <laughs> like, the end was perfect. I was, like, what, like what I think Becky said, like, smiling and stuff, and... Like all, I I miss the brother moments. Like I'm not gonna lie, I like the Sam and Dean episodes more. I mean, I understand like we have more characters and all that stuff, but I personally, I Sam and Dean, that's 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 what I like, and I just loved seeing them like work together. There was no like arguing. I mean, there was talk about talk like the Mark of Cain, which was which was needed, obviously, and I also liked how they involved that too and almost like like in the beginning I'm sorry in the beginning like made me so sad because like I've never felt like so sad like a, for like a character with this Mark of Cain storyline like yes there was like the whole like Sam was soulless and then like uh, Sam we weren't sure if Sam was going to become evil or not but this is like really affecting Dean and it's like making me very sad and I just like I don't like it at all <laughs> And I thought the beginning was really good, and what else happened? There was, um, I liked the beginning of the episode, like, when Sam and Dean were talking, and, like, it almost, like, reminded me of how, am I rambling? No, you're good. Okay, sorry, I feel like I'm rambling. Like, I thought it was really, I don't know, poignant is the right word, but when they mentioned, like, the Easter Bunny, it was almost as if, um, Dean and Sam were almost like reminding themselves of these, that we've been through so much we can handle anything like we've been working this out since you were like a teenager like or since Sam was like 11 or like 12 and a half or whatever like just like them almost like reassuring themselves like we'll get through the mark of Cain we've been through we've been through worse or like we've gone through all this like the rest of our lives like we like we still have each other's back and stuff and and I thought I didn't even know I didn't even know Jensen was gone. Like it was just Dean, like the entire time. Like Exactly, yes. Yeah. When mm-hmm. Jensen came back, I was like, Oh, you're back <laughs> like but you know, but specifically Jensen, not Dean. <laughs> like just oh, you're back. Like, if you can make was, someone a supernatural fan forget that, that Jensen Ackles isn't there, you are I'm not gonna lie, I was pretty sad. <laughs> I was pretty <Yep>. sad. <laughs> <laughs> But that kid, like, oh, my God, he was amazing. Like, everything yes. he did, like, embodied Dean. I was so freaking impressed. I mean, even before, like, I knew what the premise of the episode was going to be about, I was still excited. But, like, watching it, it was just, it was beautiful. It was so well done. If, it, then, if, if only it would make sense, but it wouldn't. But if only it would make sense for... Dylan Everett and Colin Ford to play oh, God. together, yeah. because but because the age difference it would not be it would not be correct. 
for them. But it would be so awesome if there would be some way to put them together and they be the be a spinoff. That would be amazing. Yeah. The hair and makeup team will yeah. make it work. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We'll figure it out because they're they're terrific. They finally they finally have like the the perfect actor to play younger Dean. You know, because Colin's been so consistently terrific playing Sam as many times yeah. as he has. And sometimes the other deans, young deans, have been successful, sometimes not quite much. And But but Dylan's an amazing find, and no one else should ever play young dean except Ever. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> unless it's like it, how Justin and Jared depends on Sam and Dean, Colin Ford and Dylan, Dylan own Sam and Dean. Like, mm. no one else. And I was also really in shock, and I don't normally get in shock by the show, <laughs> but, like, when the twist was that Hansel was working with the witch, I was in shock. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. I was... I don't know if anyone else thought that, but I didn't think that. I thought, like, Cancel was really, like, had no choice but to work under the witch. I thought, I, I was shocked at that little twist, too, because I did think that it was going to be, again, one of those, and we, and I'm kind of glad that I was shocked because we complain about the anvils so much, so I thought it was going to be another one of those, oh, of course, there's a tortured sibling who had to hurt their sibling because an outside force made them, of course. I didn't think that at the time. I was like, oh, that's gross. You had to eat your sister's heart because the witch made you. Mm. And then I also had one of those moments of we're having a parallel of those things that Kane would do or Hansel would do that Dean would never do. He would never, there's nothing a witch or, or, or Lucifer could do to him that would make him kill Sam, eat Sam's heart, none of that. But I was pleasantly surprised by the twist when the witch says, I didn't make him do anything. Mm. So good. Such a good twist. Yeah. Mm. And, like, all the shooting, like, of the episode was, like, so good, too. Like, mm. like when um, Dean um, grabbed, like, the, what was it called? The, the hex bag and, like, shoved it in the witch's mouth and then shut the slammed the cauldron that thought that was like really done and it was like really quick but it was so like good although I was I'm not gonna lie like I was thinking like what like because I wanted I thought Tina like Dean would want Tina to revert back to her age but I guess because it was so quick like he had no choice but to like I guess use the hex bag to kill the witch <laughs> like part of us like was thinking like wouldn't he want Tina to go back to being her age but I guess yeah, I kind of wondered like why why he didn't hang on to the hex bag to take yeah, care of Tina and anybody not. else there. And yeah, I, I assumed, thought that was a little bit weird. Um, the, and the I, reason I assumed, was, I assumed, and I thought, and I think Russ, Russ agreed with me when he was watching it with me last night that um, he was shoving something in her mouth, anything, and that was the handiest thing because she was going to say magic words. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, that was the that was the impression I got that it was just to shut her up. That's um, a good point. <laughs> but what I thought what I thought was interesting was how gruesome we all thought it was, and the fact that <laughs> I think it's kind of funny that one of the complaints that has been consistent 
with the Mark of Cain storyline and the Demon Dean storyline is that it wasn't dark enough, it wasn't bad enough, we weren't feeling the the division. And when he went mm-hmm. off in the wish like that, I was like, whoa, that's the Mark of Cain I want to see. And then mm-hmm. when Simon was like, no, you didn't Hulk out. And I'm like, he, what? Because I Yeah. <laughs> yeah I he was, like, really? <laughs> so I, I will say <laughs> I will say that that was kind of, I, I kind of took a step back and went, well, all right then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But don't you think that part of that is because everyone that Dean has been, by the way, this is Barbara, sorry, I lost you guys before. But um, I think that part of that has been everyone that Dean has gone super violent on has been a bad guy. I mean, even Charlie, the one he went off on was, you know, yeah, dark Charlie. That's been, my, that's been yeah. my big issue with the missed opportunities in terms of the market came is you haven't given me him flipping out on on a character that I don't think deserves it. Even him killing exactly. the, room full of, the room full of humans, you know, him saying that was a massacre. Mm. Who cares? They yeah. were, like I said, they were extortionists, uh, human trafficking, underage rapists. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, please kill them all. I don't care. And yeah. we you know, versus, versus, um, this. Yeah. Yeah. We, but I'll so tell you, and I know last week that yeah. to really, really feel the mark of Cain on Dean, he'd have to kill an innocent person or, or, or random or wantonly or several people. But that's what really I liked about last week. Really know it. That's what I liked about last week though, is that he was, um, beating almost to death you know yet another villain who's out there murdering and doing things that she shouldn't and the thing that to me brought him back was when he was confronted with the fact that he was actually murdering a good person at the same time that he a person he loved that he always protected and when I you know when he looked down at his knuckles you know what I mean that's what I kind of felt like when he was looking at his knuckles and seeing blood on his hands he start and Sam standing there with Charlie in his arms I thought that was the first time we ever saw you know granted it's indirect but the mark of Cain causing him to be extremely violent to someone who was quote-unquote good and I'm gonna, mm. I was also going to say is for me again it goes back to you're not getting the point across universally because for yeah. me I think they spent so much time saying this is dark Charlie and then making good Charlie just regular Charlie that mm. if you think about it, Dark Charlie is still Charlie. So these are the thoughts and feelings and potential within Charlie. Is she a good person then? Is she really? Yeah, Which I true. think they didn't get into that aspect of it well enough for me. And that's why I say, you know, the burden of of forgiveness is for Dean to forgive himself for what he did to Charlie, but... Charlie didn't say sorry, and that was still Charlie. So I had mixed feelings about that in general. So, again, while the witch is debatable, you know, we've always known that witches are technically human. They're immortal humans. They were once humans. And so, I don't know, for me, it was really gruesome, and I was excited about it. And it would literally sound like you didn't hulk out. And I'm like, um... I'm going to go ahead and say that, but all right, if you think that that was okay, then all right. Speaking of witches, we haven't 
talked about yet that um, this witch mentioned that she was here on business to take care of someone on behalf of the Grand Coven, and she mentions Rowena. So that was other another nice tie-in with an overall an overall arc for the season rather than just a monster of the week. Yeah, and I thought it was interesting that they're doing that because in the early interviews for the season, um, Jeremy Carver made it a point of saying that he was not going to have an overarching, overarching big bad for the season and it was going to be about all these personal journeys and there was going to be no big bad. There was no big bad. Mm-hmm. But there's clearly a big bad and it's Rowena and, and, and or the Grand Coven, however they're going to frame but, it. So I thought that was kind I, of interesting. He did, I believe, I don't remember which art interview it was specifically, but he did use the term witchy, that the season was going to be witchy. I do remember that. Right, but he was saying how there was not going to be a big bad, though. Right, but overall overall, it it was going to be about witches this season. So I, you know, I think... I remember that. Yeah. I think that's the Rowena part where... or if she's going to end up being the big bad, or and it's going to be some, it's going to turn into a completely different story, which Supernatural has done that many times. Take what you know, one thing you think is going to go one way, and it turns into something completely different. Um, so I'm, I am really curious because, yeah, this season has been like no other. There's, you know, there's not been any other season where you go on and you really still have no idea what's going on. <laughs> so. <laughs> No, it's true. It is true. And I think Mm -hmm. Rowena being mentioned again is setting us all up for the Grand Coven to come. And that would be the bad guys. Yeah, there you go. Well, and I think it's going to be one of those, again, you have to tie everybody together at the end. Mm -hmm. And this is going to be how, you know, it's going to, I'll be very shocked. I shouldn't say it's going to be because who knows. But I'll be very shocked if this isn't what continues Crowley's storyline is that, you know, in order to save his hide twofold from his mother and from the Winchesters, he's going to have to team up with them to take care of, to take out Rowena. Because, you know, there has to be a a season 11, so, you know, once again, we have to figure out a way for Crowley's existence to still make sense. And that's (laughs) I suspect that's going to be it, where he kind of has to, you know, uh, suck up his own pride and go, you know what, guys? Enemy of my enemy, my friend, kind of thing. Right. Orange, I, but, but, but you are right. Hmm? Orange Kane on Twitter has a really good theory. Um, she thinks that they may, that Sam and Dean will make a deal with Rowena to de-age Dean one year so to back before he got the Mark of Cain. That's a, that's a good theory. I like that. Ooh, I like yeah. that, too. I like that a lot. I'm going to say something. Especially now rude. that it's been foreshadowed. Yeah, I'm going to say something super rude. That's too smart. Um, <laughs> it's too smart. I don't see it happening. <laughs> It's a really cool idea, so it's not going to happen. <laughs> Here's hoping. I mean, I mean, they easily could. Well, they could because who knows how old Dean Winchester really is when he's really like. 
Yeah, it's um, it's been interesting to think about what the. I always am thinking, what is the season finale going to be, and what is that going to look like? And you know, in past years, it was pretty easy to kind of figure out what it was going to head toward. You know, like this past season, we knew it was going to have something to do with the market cane, and before that, it was going to have to do something with the trials and you know, defeating the Leviathan and everything. And now I'm wondering, like, what is the end of this season going to be? Mm-hmm. Supernatural used to, they would tell you right at the beginning, here's what's going to happen, and then at the end of the season it happens. Uh, right. You know, and it, it, they've stopped doing that. So, yeah, you, you can't really tell where they're going anymore. Yeah, it's it's not building to any one specific goal, you know what I mean, which it always has in the past. So I'm 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 with you and you know what you said, Vinny, about trying to bring storylines together. I just I don't see how all these disparate storylines are going to come together into one, you know, season finale that feels like it's tied things together. So it'll be interesting to see how they do that. I keep muting myself because um, I'm running the mixer and then I forget and I'm like I'm like yes yes I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you could hear me. What, uh, what are you making? I am making uh, chocolate cupcakes with uh, cream cheese cookie dough frosting. Okay. Oh my gosh. Uh, when you're done, when you're done, email a couple of those to me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Technology can win. <laughs> um, well, I'll be right over. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm doing it. I'm doing it all from scratch. So I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Anyway, um, and it turns out that not only am I doing it like recipe from scratch, my super target, the recipe for the frosting calls for Dream Whip, which if you don't know what Dream Whip is, it's like how you make Cool Whip at home kind of thing. Hmm. But they didn't have Cool Whip. So basically what I had to get, I had to make Dream Whip from scratch and then make the Dream Whip and then, so yes. I I even made from scratch Dream Whip. That's, wow. I know, right? Mm. turns out doable, and it works out where it's really easy. Uh, Can I just <laughs> tell you how Southern that sounds? I don't know why, but that just sounds super Southern to me. I'm like, go. <laughs> the baking or the Dream Whip? The making your own homemade Dream Whip. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, you will not let lack of Dream Whip hold you back. No, heck no. Um, but um, I was saying, I, I, I'm curious to see, and I suspect that maybe they're not, that it's not going to be all one um, culmination. I think that maybe there will be the equivalent of, I don't want to say the equivalent of two finales because I don't think there's going to be, you know, a part one, part two kind of thing. But I think mm-hmm. they'll do, like, similar to what they did last season where they wrap up the, the Abaddon thing two episodes before we get the real finale. So I wouldn't be surprised oh. if we get... I wouldn't be surprised if we either get the Mark of Cain wrapped up before they deal with Rowena or vice versa, uh, Rowena wrapped up before Mark of Cain. It's going to be interesting to see where Metatron falls um, and all that, I'm wary of them not wrapping up Metatron this season. I'm why? 
Why do you, Why do you think? Because he's been around forever. He's been around. There's two reasons. There's, For years. There's two reasons. One, I think it's too much to have to wrap up if you have Rowena, the Mark Duquesne, and Metatron. That's a lot to wrap up that we Agreed. know. Mm-hmm. We know that at least now where they're filming, at the point they're filming, or at least by the episode 14 of the episode where we're going to see Kane, I seriously doubt they're going to wrap up the Mark of Kane in that episode. I'd be shocked if it wraps up in that episode. Um, right. So, I also, I, I also think that there's, and I really hate to say this because it harkens back to one of my biggest issues, is that I miss the first three seasons of this character and well and season seven as well is I miss the real Castiel um yeah but on the other hand Metatron and Cass gets his grace back and whatever I'm almost worried about Cass next year because I feel like they just reinvent him every year and he's a brand new character with just the same clothing and so I'm a little I agree. And I, it's it's twofold because I don't necess- I don't really want them to drag that storyline on. I'm I'm pretty over it. But on the other hand, if they wrap it up, then what? Mm. You know. And this is I have a confession know, to make. I hmm. have a confession to make. It just hmm. now dawned on me that I that Cass was not in that episode at all. <laughs> I know. I didn't even think about it. Um, like, well, I wow. tend to. I tend not. I know there's some people who are very about noticing which characters are in which episode and counting the number of episodes. Uh, Misha's in, counting the number of episodes. Mark's in, counting the number of episodes. Ruth's in. There are people who are really on top of that stuff. I'm not. Um, I just. It's, it's for me. It's a given that mm-hmm. that Cass Crowley are going to be in approximately half the episodes, give or take one mm-hmm. or two, and that's standard. And I don't really so notice or not notice when they're there or not there. It's just it's a story for the week. Um, but like I said, I'm on one hand, I'm so done with that storyline. Um, it's been two and a half years past not having his grace, and for crying out loud, that's pretty ridiculous. Um, but on the other hand, wrap it up and what do you got? Um, well, my, my work okay. is like, oh, I'm sorry. The main reason he continues to work right now is that he, he's not at normal power, so he can't, he can't teleport, fly, whatever. He has to use his car. He can't, but then none of the angels can do it, apparently. They all have to use their teleports and the, whatever. He doesn't, he can't, he, he can't use up his full strength all the time because it diminishes. He can't. So there's certain things that make him keep him from being the deus ex machina. Fix those right. things mm-hmm. back to you're right to season seven where he comes back and you're like, okay, that's great. He fixed them, and if you take away his crazy and he fixed them and he's cast, then he makes no sense. You can't have him part yeah. with Sam and what's the point of Sam and Dean if, if cast exists and he can take care of everything. 
Mm. Right. He's too powerful. He's way too powerful if he's restored. It's a weird it's a weird line that they have to toe in order to keep the character writable. Um and it's the same thing with Crowley. Yep. Now that they can't make Crowley too evil because then why the heck haven't Sam and Dean killed him? Honestly, why the heck haven't Sam and Dean killed him? They have to keep making all these little reasons. You know, Crowley gives him the slip. Oh wait, Dean went evil. Oh wait, this. Oh wait, that. Oh he he was humanized uh during sacrifice and they just couldn't do it. Whatever. So you well, it's very know. unusual. It's very unusual on Supernatural to have have a character characters like both of those, Cap and Crowley, on for so long. Usually, yes, they're they're not a show that that drags on a story like Eric Kripke resolved uh, Yellow Eyes Azazel very quickly, considering the way he yeah. was so so put across in but, the first season as the be all and end all of of this lifetime of vengeance and hunting, he was taken care right. of fairly quickly in the show. So to have Cass's storyline and Crowley's storyline carry on for this long is unusual. And I think it's starting to, to wear and it's been wearing. Well, I should say, didn't just don't you think I think they're trying to hold on to the actors. You know what I mean? And yeah, I'm not that's saying exactly that. It. It's it's like I I I'm with you, Vinny, in that I really loved early cast compared to what he is now. I I understand why they keep transforming him, like you said, but at the same mm-hmm. time, I loved that combination of kind of lost and and badass at the same time. But I look at that, I look at Mark Shepard, and I look at Misha Cullen, and I feel like the show knows, you know, they've got some real talent. They've got a real draw. They've got, you know, everybody as an audience. And I think in this case, they're trying to hold on to actors. And you have to be really careful when you have a television show like that because the drive to hold on to an actor can override, like you're saying, the sense that they make to a storyline. And if I wanted to hold on to an actor, for me, it would be Curtis Armstrong because I've been a fan of his for 30 years. I'm not going to lie. One of the reasons I really like Metatron, and I know I'm in the vocal minority on that, is that I love Curtis Armstrong. But you're right. He's, you know, it's his time is come and gone. And mm-hmm. I think he would be written out of the story, except again, I think they recognize as an actor that he's got a following and he's, I mean, he's the greatest guy ever. I saw him speak to Han Francon and he was just a delightful person to seem to be. But at the same time, you can't hold on to an actor at the sacrifice of the story. No, and I, I, yeah. I agree with you as well. Curtis Armstrong, there's a lot, he gets a lot of flack for being Metatron, but is it, it, he's not Metatron. He's a great guy. Right. You can, especially the last episode he was in, and I, I'm going to say something really quick before I get going on that. We have about 14 minutes left for our live show, uh, but we will, the recording will continue, so. And you never know, it may continue live. It did the last time and we didn't know what. Oh, that's make. true. That's right, it didn't. <laughs> yeah. So. But if you lose us in about 13-ish minutes, that's why. Anyway. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you to our callers. Thanks for listening. Again, great episode. You know, Adam, if you're out there listening by any chance, congrats. Lots of, lots of, lots of episode love coming your way. <laughs> I didn't mean I was actually going to talk for 13 minutes straight. I just wanted to face nobody else. <laughs> <laughs> I just happened to because I'm in the kitchen. I glance at the microwave and it's it's 13 till. 
Is there anything that we need to – I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Benny. Becky, is there any website, business, anything that we should get out on the air just in case, you know, sort of – Our weekly – our weekly shirt from Tracy Gurney and T Public. Uh, it's an awesome um, X Files Supernatural mashup. Um, do um, explore the scene and the episode where they meet the homeless guy, and he's telling them that it's aliens, and Dean's saying, "Don't say it. Don't say aliens." Um, it's for that, and it's excellent. Uh, we've got it on our Twitter, and it's on our Facebook page. Uh, if you'd like to uh, go purchase it, it's. Gorgeous. I personally bought two, a T-shirt and a sweatshirt, because it's just that awesome. Um, so go check it out. Um, again, the link's on our Twitter and our Facebook page. I bought one. And I will say, as oh, someone who never, who's never really watched X-Files, I still thought it was a cool shirt. So. And wait um, till you see the episode she's creating for next week's. Oh, my God. It's even more beautiful. I, it, Tracy is amazing. You guys will love the shirt for next week. She's so talented. She really She's is. so good. And to be designing once a week, that's impressive as well. Yeah. Um, but, oh. I'm sorry, she's so, designing one for what? I'm sorry, I didn't hear For the next episode. For next she episode. Designed, yeah. Right, I gotta go. She designs one. You, she designs one every week for each, each episode for Mhm. I thought Vinny had mentioned another one. Oh, oh okay. no, no, Sorry. I was just saying the fact that she's doing it weekly is impressive. Oh, yeah. Um, but in terms of, you know, Curtis Armstrong as an actor, the last episode he was in, what he was able to get out of Jensen and the, the play between the two characters was, was great. Same thing with uh, the finale for last season. Uh, he, was, he was great in that, too. But again... He's been our technical big bad for over two seasons now. Right. And it's, you know, if you if you wash a shirt too long, it wears thin. Yep. Well, it's, it, 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 you kind of and have going to back to, um, you know, going back to with, with Misha and Mark Shepard, too, I think it's doing them a disservice keeping them around and not really giving them an interesting storyline. You know, if you're going to keep Misha and Mark around on the show, give them something better than, you know, what they've had. What if you know, make something like... Make Mark Schiffer evil again. I want him to... I want the king of hell. If you're going to be the king of hell, you, you should be scary. And he's not scary. You know, make him scary again. You know, yeah. give me... Give Castiel a really good DC storyline, one that we're... In, I was so excited for the Claire storyline because I was like, oh, this is going to be good. I can't wait. I'm so excited. And now I'm kind of disappointed with it. You know, give them something yes. to work with. Mm. Mm. I agree on the on the Claire situation. I expected a lot more out of that storyline than I got. And the young actress that they got to play her was so great that, so you know, it seemed almost That's- like a waste that they didn't give her more to do. Their parlay and their chemistry with each other was beautiful. Um, yes. It seemed like, like you're saying, there was a lot of ways they could go. And, but I mean, I think it, it would have been hard to have yet another really long storyline. I hope she comes back because she was, Supernatural does get some amazing young actors and actresses on the show. Yes. And she was great. 100% agreed. I will say that while I 
I technically agree with that. I don't. I don't need a teenage show, and so I'm kind of done with the whole teenager thing. So I assume we're going to see Claire again, and I hope that there's going to be, you know, the remaining grace in her is going to come into play and, and all those things. And, again, since it's what I hope, it's probably not going to happen. But that said, um, I I also won't mind if we don't see her again. Nothing against the actress or anything. I just – one of the reasons I started watching Supernatural to begin with was that it was a grown-up show. So That's fair. I think that's fair. I can see what you're saying. What about for the these characters, Crowley or Cass? I was thinking if, if anybody watched Angel, most of us have, the transformation of Fred into Illyria, same actress, very different characters, transformation, mm. a way to make the storyline different and fresh and a new direction for the actress to be interested in and... Mm. But I don't, story for I don't think it would work in this terms because, for one, they did that with, I mean, you know, Angel was the type of show where they did, you know, write off major, major uh, characters, um, you know, every now and then. And also, if you... If you make Cass not Cass, that would be problematic. And if you make Crowley not Crowley, also very problematic in a different way. So I don't think that there are two characters that lend to that kind of thing. They're too established. It's something that maybe they could do with, say, a reoccurring character like Jody, Charlie, they kind of did it with Garth in a way, making him a werewolf. But I don't think it's I think, something that they could. I don't think it's something that they could get away. They kind of. They kind of were going that way, kind of though, with Crowley when they were doing the humanizing with the blood. You know, they were kind of doing. Yeah, but it was it. never intended to stay. I don't think it was ever intended to stick. But if they, I could, I could see them. You know, not that I, not that they will. They, they totally won't. But I could see it being, um, you know, making sense in the show, making Crowley a human and then him going totally evil, trying to make himself back into a demon. I think, you know, I could totally see that happening, but it, it won't. But again, you, I, and, I, and I say, again, you're, you run into a problematic thing. When I say problematic, I don't mean for the writers. I mean in terms of reception of doing that. So I think if you do that, you run into the problem of how is it going to be received in terms of, you know. They ruined Crowley. Yeah. Or if mm. you do that to, to Castiel. And basically, Illyria was a complete other character. She wasn't, mm-hmm. um, she wasn't a character within a character. She was, Fred died and Illyria possessed her and that was it there was no more Fred technically um and she could pretend to be Fred if she needed to but oh Barbara hasn't watched Angel yet (laughs) I watched Buffy Uh, all of Buffy many times but I still haven't watched Angel 
That's all right. I'll still watch it. I literally just um, the last season for you. <laughs> this is what I get, Vinny. This is what I get. This is your fault for being over 10 years out of touch with the show. God. Like, um, now I'm going to join Firefly for everybody. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, but, but but you're saying that you, nobody will accept the characters changing. But we just talked about how it's the actors that they want to keep on the show. So right, but I think Supernatural so they, isn't they a can only be on position. the show if they're if they're in their little box of cast and their little box of Crowley. That is that yeah, and it's it's it, yeah. it sucks. It does suck for the actors, and it, and it technically sucks for the writers to have to be stuck in these little. Um, these are the boxes as well because it leaves them, it leaves everyone in a weird spot. Um, but I think the fan reception, if you try to, if you, you know, if you, if you take Crowley away from being a demon, he's dead within a week uh, because that's all he has is his is his demon powers. He's not a fighter, and you know him trying to get demonized again. He's like I said, he's dead within a week. Cass, if you take Cass away, you know any anyone from a, a general viewer to you know you know every every you know there we have fan girls, we have dean girls, we have cast girls, and the cast fans would riot. And yeah, I agree with that. So it's it's one of those things, you know, the same way I would if you completely changed Sam or Dean full time. Yeah. Although it would have been nice to have a little more Demon Dean, just a little more. Right. That's why, and that's mm-hmm. why I why that was fine. <laughs> I wanted, you know, I wanted that little bit of of it for Dean, but had he continued on that path, again, it would have worn thin. I would have been like, that's not. Yep. Me. For this show with this character, and you're not giving that to me anymore. And right. there, you know, so it's. Do I think it's it's a weird box that the writers and the actors are are stuck in? Yeah, I do. And I think it's there's probably some really cool storytelling that could come out of it, but it can't be done. It just it simply can't be done. Um, but we talked about as well that that they're not serving the story and the story should come first. It's like we talked about the death of, of Ellen and Joe that, you know, we have many people just loved and adored the characters and their death was so hard to take, but it, but it was yeah. so wonderful and it was well, painful in such a wonderful way. So the difference with that is uh, Sam Ferris, Malone at all don't have contracts. So at the end of the day, television is a business. So not yeah. only do some marks have contracts, but they're contracted for, like I said, give or take one to two episodes, approximately half the season. Um, and it is what it is. It's a business, and that's how it's going to stay, uh, probably till the end of the show. So, you know. Are you guys talking about cast? I, I had to go out for First, I thought I got kicked off, so then I went to take my dog out. Now I'm back. Are you talking about how how the characters are just kind of like hanging by a thread on the show? Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, and the sad part now, is... I think if they reinvent them to be the badasses that they once were, at this that's, point, yeah. that would actually be refreshing. It's, and, it, it, you know, you can say, well, that's ignoring character development. But, yes, part of character development is coming full circle. So, mm-hmm. you know, would I like to see the cast from seasons one through six? Yeah. Would I like to see the cr- one? No, four through six. <laughs> I meant his first season through six. Um, would I like to see, you know, Crowley from season five to seven? Totally. Yeah. Because those are what made me love those characters in the first place, and they've gotten so far away from that in order to keep the characters alive that right. they're no longer that character anymore. So, you know, it's a weird, it's a weird. You know, how do you how do you justify either one of them? Because if you make both of them back to how they were, then how do you justify them not not Sam and Dean not killing them? It all just gets weird. So. You know, we'll have to like, for that. me, I'm sorry, like, for me, like, like season five, like, Castiel finally realized, like, oh, it's really about the humans. It's not about, like, what the angels want. It's like, okay, because that's what the humans want. But they're just kind of, like, I feel like they're just dragging, like, the car- like this storyline for so long. Like, for me, like, in my head, I think Castiel's endgame is to go back up to heaven or be God or, be, like, be God's number one command or whatever. But then you're all digging to the whole God storyline and then there's all that can. And then for Crowley, like he was like so bad, but then they did the whole like him drinking cumin and then he became more human. I understand like then I, then I think that's why they're bringing Rowena in maybe to make him become more badass. But then part of me in the back of my head thinks Rowena's out to kill Crowley. (laughs) So I don't know what's going on there. Well, I'm wondering if Rowena's endgame is uh, is to take over Hell, and the story is going to be Crowley fighting to get it back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I figure that because I mean it's it's pretty much already set up that she's systematically undermining him in order to be the queen of Hell. Um, right, right. It it is fairly obvious. Right, but I'm wondering how long that's going to take in this season. Like, is that something they're going to deal with? This season, or like you're saying, are they, you know, going to have so many things to wrap up as it is? Yeah, no, I agree. I would like that. Like, I loved Abaddon as a character, and I love, of course, I loved Elena Huffman, but I was glad when they wrapped that up because it was time, you know what I mean? And and I thought it was a good ending point for her. And I think the Rowena story is the same. Like, it needs to be wrapped up. We can't have yet another character lingering lingering around that's Essentially, and I love Ruth Connell. She's fantastic. But the character is kind of one-dimensional. So if she sticks around for too long, it's she won't have the same impact that she does now. But I'm just thinking, like, when is that, that story going to really get going? Because they started it, and then they took a couple of weeks off to do brother stories, and I just feel like we're running out of season here, people. Yeah. <laughs> has always been pretty good about uh and I when I say always I mean from season one of you think you're not gonna get you think there's no way that they can wrap this up and then they give you some degree of wrap up at the end. The past three seasons are pretty much the or the past two seasons are the only time where things didn't 
tie up in a nice bow at the end, and uh, it's becoming a problem. <laughs> well, that's because they're not afraid they're going to get canceled anymore either. You know what I yeah, mean? Like, I, I think those early seasons had that hanging over their head, and it was actually a good thing because they yeah. wanted to make a quality show and they'd wrap up storylines because I think, you know, they didn't know if they were coming back. And now they do. I mean, they're more popular than ever from where I sit. So you look at it and you're like, without that pressure, maybe that's why things are lingering a lot longer than they used to. Well, and when you um, somebody asked when I said, um, I don't think they'll wrap everything up, and I don't know how I feel about that, and I was asked why. And that was my other reason, because Jared specifically said, I think at the most recent con, that you know, getting the early pickup means I didn't have to rush to, to uh, still to finish things up because they already knew they didn't have to. And I kind of put my my face in my hand and I'm like, no, please wrap some things up, please. And I get what he means is that they don't have to rush it, but I do think that there's over half of what's going on right now needs to be wrapped up and we need to move on from it. But overall, like we said, um, universally this episode I feel was very, very... Uh, well received Mm -hmm. and I'm glad because I really liked it and I tend to be uh, outside the curve very often so it's nice to be be within the curve and and like something that everybody else likes too and and, I mean I don't want everybody to, to always you know when I have a rage blackout about episodes I don't necessarily want other people to rage black out with me because that would suck. We shouldn't all be angry. So I, I'd much prefer that everybody like an episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we, we are definitely being recorded now. <laughs> um, and I don't, I don't know if we want to keep, keep going. It's getting a little bit long and a little bit late. <laughs> um, right. So, well, I just want to thank you guys for letting me interject my two cents. And, um, yeah, so it's been an interesting episode. And there was a lot to talk about, even though there wasn't a lot of conflict about, you know, whether it was liked or not. So there were certainly a lot of things to explore. Mm-hmm. So thank you for letting me put my two cents in. I appreciate it. Oh, we love when you call, Barb. Thank you for calling. So much. Yeah. Is there anything, anything else? I mean, I don't want to cut you off. Is there anything else you, you know – wanted to ask or mention or point out about the episode or anything. I mean, we could probably talk about supernatural and storylines and characters and everything. Probably the entire weekend, we could just keep talking on a marathon. Mm-hmm. For, <laughs> like fair enough. Hours. Fair enough. <laughs> no. no, I think it was a great episode too. And I'm looking forward to next week. Yes. Oh, yes, next week is Carmela Snyder again. Yes, same, same. Me too, me too, me too, me too. What about you, I, Amanda? I do want to add, and I'm and I'm not normally those kind of kind of viewer that like catches things, but the bus where the bus was going, it said Salem. I don't know if anyone caught that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. Oh, very no. cool. No, yeah. that's cool. <laughs> very cool. Like, I don't I don't know if it was a sign or something, but it was clearly by the bus and it said Salem and it was re- it was like it was just really quick like you had to be quick and it was I think like at the very end of the left side of the screen, but it did say Salem. 
which I thought was pretty cool. That is very fun. I was like, huh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, like I said, like I was, I just, oh God, I miss these episodes so much. (laughs) Like when Supernatural gets me down, I sit there and I start from the pilot and watch it off. Like, this is my happy place. This is good because, like, six to now, it it, it hurts my head. (laughs) (laughs) There's good episodes, but it's just, it's not the same flow. And it's just, and then they add, like, there's just too many characters. And then it just, it just, it just becomes too much. Yeah, I agree. But, um,. And I think I'm like, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Next week's episode looks like uh, just Sam and Dean. I'm like, yes, <laughs> three in a row. I, I, I just, uh, God, like that's what I fell in love with. So, but I mean, I'm not like, not like, I'm not open to other characters. Like, I watched like Angel and Buffy, and they came, the characters came and went. So, as long like, I mean, and the show knows like to go back to its core, which is good that they know that. So. Um, no, I don't know. I have thoughts on, like, if what they're going to do with the Mark of Cain, but that's a completely different story. Because <laughs> I don't even know what, I don't even know what they're going to do, but, um, is there anything else in this episode? No, no. <laughs> I, think, I think we have one said everything they had to say. It was a really good episode. I mean, like, am I insane, like, for loving this episode this much? I'm sorry. What am I? Ins- am I insane for like loving this episode so much? Like it was. Oh nuts. no no no! We all did too. So you're you're oh, in good God. company. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, and for the record, I like Taylor Swift, and I thought it was nice punch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 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 Woohoo! I knew it as soon as he turned on the radio. I'm like, Taylor Swift's gonna play, and he's gonna like it, and Sam's gonna be like, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm fully aware that I'm in the minority with my uh, anti-Taylor Swift emotions. I mm-hmm. Although, we for still- some reason, I was thinking Blank Space was going to play just because I'm kind of obsessed with that song. But when they played Shake It Off, I was like, oh, that was good. And sometimes Actually, the I most of like- Shake It Off I've ever heard, so there's that. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, and, like... I like to watch the show sometimes with subtitles because sometimes they either talk too fast or I have no idea what they're saying because um, it's just it's very fast-paced or I'm not understanding it. And I like the lyrics and the song in the beginning, I mean, the montage that Dean was doing, it was so, it, like, I think it was talking about, like, you're out of time or something like that. I can't remember what it was, but what was the name of the song? Ashes the rain and I. Oh, what was the other one then? Oh, maybe it was the one where he was at the bar. Yes, that's by Headwater, which is um, yeah, a Vancouver band, band actually. Yeah, that's by a Vancouver band. Well, no, the, the band is a Vancouver band. That's what it was. I'm not sure what the name of the song is, though. It's, it was something like Out of Time or something like that, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> no. I thought that was. Yeah. I thought that was I, I, yeah, like I said, even though I'm not a Taylor Swift fan, the 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 song was technically appropriate. Whatever. <laughs> so 
feel bitter. I felt forever bitter. I, I, I loved it, personally. I didn't like them calling Dean Winchester Bieber, but I, yeah. <laughs> like, no, please don't do that. <laughs> but I'm glad we'll get a, another um, Hunt episode next week, and we'll see if we can, you know, get a streak of two episodes that everyone seems to like. Uh, <laughs> I will cross my fingers for it. Apparently they yep. murder the internet, so there's that. <laughs> All right, well, I uh, we are no longer live. Uh, Susan has to drive home. I'm going to finish baking, and Becky has to get up for work, and I'm sure Amanda has to do something because she's young and she probably has a life. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> It's a job I don't like. <laughs> yeah, well, um, that's not long. So we'd like to thank everyone who listened as far as the recording, which means you are listening after the fact. Thank you for doing so, and thank you for downloading. And we will be back next week with Hoppy Catch Fire. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank yep. you. Thanks, everybody. Bye. And thanks, the boys Barb will and Amanda, for calling out. in. Yep. Oh, okay. ready? Boys will play us out. Let's go. Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio.